Welcome to the It Gets Easier podcast. My name's Heather, and I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor that also has anxiety and panic attacks. I'm super passionate about helping people work through the struggles that come with having mental illness. In this podcast, I'll be talking about some of my own experiences with mental health, as well as some tools, tips, and tricks that I've learned to help not only myself, but some of the clients I've worked with. So if you're ready for some real talk about mental health that's going to help you feel a little less alone in this crazy world, then let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to the It Gets Easier podcast. I am so excited that you're here today. Today, I want to go back and do a little more educational stuff. And today, we're going to be talking about specifically the symptoms of anxiety and panic attacks and kind of maybe some of the symptoms that people don't normally talk about. Because I know when I've always heard of anxiety and panic and all those different things, like some of the symptoms that I had were symptoms that I'd never heard of. Until I started doing research and looking into things, me like, oh wait, that's a symptom of anxiety. So those are kind of some some of the things that I wanted to talk about today. But before I get into the to the unknown ones, I kind of want to talk about some of the ones that you probably hear about all the time, whether it be the ones you see on TV, in the media. You know what I mean. And no, I'm not thinking of some of these off the top of my head. I made a little like notepad on the side of my screen that I'm looking at. So some of the ones you normally think of, first one for me is like that I usually feel is feeling restless or on edge. And by feeling restless, not edge, it's for me, it feels like I can't sit still. I have to be like moving, doing something, keeping my mind busy. I can't just like sit in one spot. So I'm like, usually what I like to do is just like sit and relax. But when I'm feeling really anxious and feeling those feelings, I can't just sit still. I have to get up and do something, which a lot of times is why when I'm feeling anxious, I can't stay in my house. I have to go out, whether it be I will go out and walk around a store. Maybe I'll go walk around Target, which is dangerous because I can't go to Target and not spend money, but that's a whole other thing. But a lot of times that's what I'll do. Like I will go out and walk somewhere. And that was one thing I did when my anxiety was at its worst was I would go and like go to a local park and go walk around and just kind of get some of that energy out. But also it helped me to feel better because I was moving around and it releases a lot of those different... um not hormones. Oh my gosh. Where am I? Can't think of what it's called. Give me a second. Sorry. Took a quick pause there. You guys didn't hear it, but I took a pause, Googled it. It was a hormone. I don't know why I was thinking of something else. The hormones usually like it can release endorphins, dopamine, the feel good hormones that make you feel good. That like, that's why I guess walking helped because of those different things. But yeah, for me, walking, getting out, moving around helped me to feel better in a sense. Didn't make everything go away, but it did help. So one of the next ones is easily tired. Oh my gosh, I talked about this a couple episodes ago, easily tired. When you have anxiety, you get anxious, or you don't get anxious really quick. You get tired very, very quickly. You get fatigued very, very quickly. Because it's kind of like anxiety is, I don't want to describe it as a sickness, but it does to your body what being sick does to your body. It drains you of your energy very quickly. So that's why you become tired very quickly because your body is trying to keep up with all this stuff going on. So it drains you very quickly. So that's why you feel tired a lot. Trouble concentrating. Oh my gosh, I have trouble concentrating all the time anyways because I have ADHD. But that, again, whole other thing. But trouble concentrating a lot of times with anxiety, I think goes along with the restlessness and being on edge is because your mind is so stuck on these things that are making you anxious, 
your mind can't concentrate on anything else. It's focused on this worry, this anxiety, this thing that's just like running your brain. So you get this till it causes you to concentrate on things that may need to concentrate. Like if you're in school, if you have a job to do, you can't focus on the jobs you need to do because your anxiety is kind of taken over. So you have trouble concentrating that way. You also tend to have trouble controlling the worry, which is a big, 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 big symptom of anxiety. When you have the anxiety the first time and then you can't control it after that, that tends to be a huge sign that you may have an anxiety disorder or some type of anxiety illness that's going on that needs to be taken care of. But yeah, a lot of times it's very, very hard to control. Like I said, and so just kind of leaning into that is... Most everyone has doesn't suffer from anxiety, but most people do experience anxiety sometime in their life. What makes an anxiety disorder different from just having regular and normal anxiety is that normal anxiety just kind of comes and goes about like normal things you'd worry about. Whereas an anxiety disorder, you're worrying about things that maybe are irrational fears or things that you don't normally need to be worrying about 24-7 or things that become so excessive that they're all you're worrying about. It's when the worry becomes so much that you can't control the worry anymore. And that's when it becomes a concern when it's taking over your everyday life. Yeah. So then the next symptom would be crankiness and irritability. Hands up if you've ever had any type of irritability or you've experienced any irritability with anxiety. My hand is raised way high up in the air. I know when I'm really anxious, I just want to be left alone. And when people don't leave me alone, I tend to get very irritable and like, leave me alone. I just want to sit here and think to myself... And I've also found with my anxiety that I learned throughout the years of having it is that sometimes my quiet time is what I need. And I, when people ask me, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Multiple, multiple, multiple times. Sometimes I'm just like, give me a second. Give me the time that I need to kind of process. And then when I'm ready, I will come to you. And I, I offer that out to people out there. If you need your, like, don't be afraid to tell people, hey, I need my time to think. And then when you're ready to go to them, but do it in a polite way. Don't you be like, get away from me. I'm thinking right now. Like, that's rude. That's not going to get you very far. And you might lose some friends that way. Because at the end of the, day, end of the day, people are just coming to you because they care. And they're not just doing it to, like, annoy you, you know? So, yes. Crankiness, irritability. And also, I think that's a good reminder for people is... Just because someone's irritable or they're, they're irritable or cranky with you doesn't mean that they're just angry. Maybe it also shows that there can also be underlying things going on that you don't know about. Which also brings to a point of people don't know you're anxious unless you tell them you are anxious most of the time. Which I think is a big misconception people think. People see the people in the media that just kind of like sit in the corners or they sit themselves and they're like they're like rocking back and forth and things like that when they're anxious and that's not realistically what anxiety looks like. Anxiety, like I've lived day-to-day life where people have never known that I'm anxious because honestly, unless you tell people most of the time, people don't know. Unless maybe they're people that are close to you and they notice that you're acting different. But like I said, most of the time, if you're just out living day-to-day life, most people won't know. Okay, so let's look at my list again. All right, another symptom would be sleeping problems. Now, I have, no, just to preface this, I do have sleeping issues. 
outside of my anxiety. I've always been someone that just has trouble falling asleep for whatever reason. I'm an insomniac, and that's just, it's something I've always kind of had issues with. But I've noticed that when my anxiety is at its worst, that I don't tend to have trouble falling asleep. I tend to more have trouble staying asleep, which I'm going to kind of lead that into one of the, like another symptom, which is heart palpitations. If you've never had heart palpitations, it's essentially where... Your heart feels, you can like feel your heart beating without actually putting your hand on your chest or putting your hand somewhere. Like you, like, I remember the first time I had this, I was, I like woke up in the middle of the night and I was just like, I felt my heart pounding and I was like, what in the world is wrong with me? Why is my heart beating like this? Like, what is going on? And I was living with my grandparents at the time. So like my grandma has a pulse ox meter. So I put it on to kind of see what my, um what is it, the heartbeat was, and my heart rate was like 160, and it made me realize that, like, later, at first I freaked out, because I was like, oh my god, my heartbeat should not be 160, but later I realized, like, your heartbeat was 160, because you were anxious, because you woke up in the middle of the night, and you had heart palpitations that you've never had before, so yeah, heart palpitations are essentially, like I said, where you feel your heart beating, and you're not, like, you're not actually looking for it, like, you just, like, feel it, Unless, honestly, unless you felt it before, it's really hard to, like, to know what it is, if that makes sense. But, yeah, sleeping problems kind of come along with that also, going back to the sleeping problems. You have trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, those types of things, and you tend to feel really tired because you're having trouble sleeping. Another one, this is another common symptom, is feeling warm. Oh, my gosh, this is another one that really, really bothers me. I'm always, I'm usually not too bad, but like when I know when I'm anxious because I get really warm and then a really odd one is my ears get red and hot, which really, really annoys the crap out of me because my like, it's really, really frustrating because my ears are super hot. Like there's no bad, I could be fine, but my ears are like red and hot and just like no other reason than I'm just anxious and my ears want to be red like Rudolph's nose. Like (laughs) it makes no sense. All right. So now let's go to some of the more non-common ones. Now this one first, the first one is one that's like, I don't know if it's one that's not common or as much as one that I didn't really hear about before, which is like a pins and needles type feeling like in my hands and my arms. It's a very weird feeling and it's... It's like I'm used to having like the feeling like in your feet like when your feet falls asleep but like feeling it in my arms and in my hands when I'm just kind of like not doing anything it's really really weird it was like a tingling like what is going on it was really really strange but yeah that is one that you don't commonly hear about and it's also one that's really really freaky the first time if you haven't experienced it because you're like what is wrong with me and it's not something you think would be associated with anxiety you'd probably associate with like oh I have like carpal tunnel or I have like there's something wrong with my nerves like what's wrong with me and it's not something you think oh it's anxiety because it is and I realized that after like I said google search google has been my best friend <laughs> Now, another one that I have not personally experienced, but one that I've heard about is out-of-body experiences. This can also be called depersonalization or derealization. This basically what happens is, oh my gosh, my microphone's falling. (laughs) Basically what happens is 
you have this feeling that you're observing yourself from outside of your body, or you have this sense that things around you aren't real or kind of both those things. Now that I'm thinking about it and kind of, I feel like I've had something similar or kind of felt this, but it's always something where I'm like, it's almost, how do I describe it? It's kind of like, I'll have it and I'll be like, wait, like what's going on? This is like really, really strange. It's like this very strange feeling and it's hard to describe. Because I wouldn't necessarily describe describe it as, like I said, observing yourself outside of your body. But I have, it does kind of feel like these things around you aren't real or things around you just feel really, really strange. But yeah, that's definitely a very strange one. And it's not one that I've heard a ton of people have, but it is one that's not super, but it is a very strange one that you don't hear about a ton. Also, I kind of just realized I went on a rant there and kind of lost that. I did say I was going to mention some of the panic disorder stuff, not panic disorder, but like panic attack symptoms as well. So I'm going to go back to that and then we'll come back to some of the more unknown ones but yes so some of the more some of the like common panic attack symptoms are that like like i said in a previous video it's very sudden it's out of nowhere it's like this feeling of your heart's pounding really fast racing you're like oh my god what's going on you tend to have the sweating which also is something you can have with anxiety you can also have chills which i have had the chills as well and another symptom of anxiety that I'm just thinking of that you can also have with the panic is I will get like stomach aches or headaches. And a lot of this stems from when you're anxious, when you're panicky, like your body tends to tighten up from the fight or flight response, which now that I'm thinking about that, I'm going to do an episode on the fight or flight response because it's very, very interesting. And I kind of want to talk about that and how it ties into the panic and anxiety side. Because a lot of times when you hear fight or flight, you kind of think of more like, dangerous situations <laughs> where like you see like a common example i hear of that was like with the bear and like what like fight or flight is when you see the bear what do you do well i want to kind of tie that in like i said in a future episode so little teaser there we will talk about fight or flight in that but yes going back to some panic things there's chills trembling where you're like shaking you're like oh my gosh what's going on and like fingers hands arms shaking can't say i've really experienced that too much but it is common with panic attacks and panic attacks you may have difficulty breathing which again comes with the racing heart because your heart's beating so fast you start to have trouble breathing because either a you're freaking out because your heart's racing or B, your heart's racing so fast that your brain and your breath can't keep up. So you have, that's a lot of times why I tell people, take deep breaths. Because once you take those deep breaths, usually it's about three or four deep breaths. It tends to reset your, not reset your circulation, but it like resets your breathing. So you're able to kind of start to breathe more calmly and then you're, able to take in more deep breaths because a lot of times what's happening is which causes the eventual dizziness or weakness or the pounding racing heart is that your body's not getting in enough oxygen because it's breathing and you tend to hyperventilate you're like (gasps) and like no that's not good and eventually that's what causes people to freak out even more so that's why Deep breathing is super, super important when you're having panic attack so that you don't get to that point where you're getting the dizziness and the weakness and those types of things. Taking the deep breath in and out, doing that multiple times, it kind of resets your brain, resets your thoughts, not your thoughts, but it like resets your body so that you're like, okay, I can breathe. I can like figure this out. 
I used, for me, I, like I said, I kind of use it as like a reset button. Like I press that reset button when I'm doing the breathing in and out and it calms my body down. And moving on from that, there is also, I think I did maybe mention this, stomach pain and nausea. Oh my gosh. When my anxiety is really bad, my stomach gets messed up, which leads to the gross things. Like you may have diarrhea. Yes, you can get diarrhea from anxiety. That is a thing. It does happen. It also gives the, the um, not the panic, headaches. You can get headaches from it because a lot of times when your body is anxious, you're tensed up and you don't realize it. And then eventually that's when you get the stress headache, or not the stress headaches, you get the tension headaches because your muscles are so tensed up. And after a while, your muscles tense up and you're going to get the muscle pain. You're going to get the neck tension. You're going to get headaches, those types of things. Now, going back to some of the symptoms you don't often hear about. People getting rashes or red splotches. I cannot say that I've personally had any, but like when I was doing some research for this podcast, I did see some people saying like they will get red splotches and people say that they tend to be itchy and they only get red and worse with their anxiety, which I thought was really interesting. Another one I saw was talking really fast, which is definitely something I do when I'm anxious. I've also found when I'm anxious that I tend to talk more which, again, is not something you would typically think of with anxiety. Most of the time when you think of anxiety, you think of like the quiet person that just sits in the corner and doesn't say anything. But no, when I'm anxious, I tend to want to talk more because in my mind, it's distracting me from what's going on in my head. So I'm just like, I'm just going to keep talking and talking and talking like this, and I don't really care because I'm just going to keep talking and talking and talking. <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely one that is... Not one you normally think of with anxiety, but it is talking more, talking too fast. I think you think of talking too fast, you think of like someone that's nervous, but maybe not necessarily anxious. So yeah, that is about all I have for this episode. So now that I've given that list of some anxiety symptoms, panic symptoms, maybe some symptoms you've never heard about before, I want to hear from you. Let me know, what did you learn from this episode? What are some symptoms of anxiety that you maybe have experienced? What are some some symptoms that maybe I didn't mention that maybe I should have mentioned? I'm always open to hearing from you guys. I really love this. I love doing this podcast so much, and I'm so appreciative of the people that have reached out to me. Give me your thoughts. Give me your comments. Give me all that stuff, because it really helps me build this podcast and to make it the best that it can be. So I really hope you learned something today, and that is all I have for you today. So until next time. Thank you for listening, and remember, it gets easier. Thank you so freaking much for listening. If you connected with any part of the episode today, I would love it if you shared it on your Instagram story. Also, make sure to tag me in it so I can thank you for sharing and showing the podcast some love. I am so incredibly grateful for you allowing me to be a part of your daily routine. So until next time, remember, it gets easier.